Okay, today we come to Romans chapter 14, and Paul is here continuing his uh, practical application of the theological truths he explained in the first 11 chapters. Let's think about just a couple of the overarching points he makes in the chapter. Um, the first point I would make is, is <laughs> I'd say it this way, don't live vicariously through other people. Don't live vicariously through other people. What in the world does that mean? Well, let me begin to frame the answer to that question by highlighting a couple of significant statements <clears throat> in the chapter. First is from verse 4, where he says, It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And the second one is from verse 12, where he says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Sometimes what Jesus did um, on the cross is called a vicarious atonement, meaning he died in our place instead of us. So when I say don't live vicariously through other people, I mean don't deceive yourself into believing that you can find your happiness or joy or establish your own righteousness through other people based on their successes or failures. I believe that is in part the point that Paul is making in this chapter. In the first few verses of the chapter, Paul is inveighing against Christians passing judgment on other Christians for their actions. Paul is making the point that if you have a habit of passing judgment on other believers, the likelihood is high that you are, whether you realize it or not, trying to find your own sense of righteousness by comparing yourself to that other believer. It is for this reason that Paul gives the strong reminders that we will all have to stand before the Lord one day and give an account for ourselves through, throughout our lives. And it won't matter one hill of beans in that moment how someone else lived their life. Christians are, biblically, those who have come to realize that they have absolutely no righteousness of their own to save them from the justice of God. And they are leaning and trusting and hoping completely on the righteousness of only one other, Jesus Christ. It is that reality that makes a judgmental Christian such a contradiction in terms. A Christian who feels righteous because he compares himself to the failures of others is denying the gospel he professes to believe. Conversely, a Christian who feels like he is okay with God because he surrounds himself with other people who feel like they are okay with God is also forgetting, perhaps even denying, the gospel he professes to believe. Other people are a deadly standard either way you, you slice it. If in any way the successes or failures of another person make you feel righteous, that is a damningly low bar that you have set for yourself. The righteousness required of us is perfect righteousness, Matthew 5, 48, which you don't have no matter by whom you measure yourself. The only righteousness that will ever benefit the Christian because it's the only righteousness that meets that standard is the, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's only Jesus who is able to make him stand in the day of judgment. And so let's keep a close uh, watch over our heart in that way. Finally, let's just... Um, make one other point about what Paul says here about the weaker brother. 
the other major point of the chapter um, concerns how it is that we're to live and act when around other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, that's basically verses 13 through the end of the chapter. It is the positive way of putting the, the negative prohibitions in verses 1 through 12. In the first half of the chapter, Paul is prohibiting Christians for pa from passing judgment or feeling superior to other believers. In the second half of the chapter, by contrast, Paul commands that we serve each other in love by being absolutely mindful and de deferent to the needs of the, and the weaknesses of each other. We might have the freedom in Christ to do something, but if another brother or sister in Christ is not of the same mind and it would cause them to stumble in their faith if we proceeded unbendingly to do it, we are loving only ourselves and not our brother and sister. It is always more rewarding to lay down our own desires and even our rights, quote unquote, for the benefit of brothers and sisters in Christ. It is sanctifying and it is the Christ-like thing to do. Consider for a moment and in conclusion the rights, quote unquote, that Jesus freely and mercifully gave up to redeem us from our own mess. So what a joyful place the church would be if this was the prevailing attitude of our own throughout our lives. That's just a couple of thoughts from Romans chapter 14.